If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. News Dex. We're coming to you live from our studios in Kokomlimle. We are on DTT because we're free to work. Coming up this morning, Defense Minister Dominic Niti will assure his ministry is taking steps to restore lasting peace in Garu after military officers stormed the community and brutalized some residents. We have details as he confirms the suspects are national security operatives. Also, NPP presidential aspirant Francis Adainimo warns skewed flag bearership race will harm the NPP's chances in the 2024 elections as he takes on the rhetoric of his fellow contender, Kennedy Japan. We have details as we shine, we put the spotlight on two-time presidential aspirant Adainimo in the first of our special documentaries on the four aspirants in the race. Plus, Joy News' Erasmus Asaridonko judge the PAV and such journalists of the year at the 27th edition of the GGA Awards. We'll tell you about the awards night and several other team members at the multimedia group who were on it. 
Plus, Presec, Opoku Wari, and Achimoto School to clash at the grand finale of the National Science and Maths Quiz later today. We are live at the camps of the contesting schools ahead of the first battle. My name is Aisha Ibrahim. Do stay for details. Defence Minister Dominic Nitti will has assured his ministry is taking all the necessary steps to restore calm to Garu in the Upper East region. Uh, over the weekend, some military officers stormed the community and brutalised civilians without any provocation. Several sustained injuries in the course of the assault. It is unclear what exactly triggered the incident. In an interview with Joy News' Blessed Sogan, the minister identified the suspects as national security operatives. We'll hear from him soon, but first, here are some residents recounting the experiences. We're in the room, I and my husband. So they came and they were not. So we thought they were armed robbers. So we defended ourselves, not knowing that they were they were soldiers. So they came in and started scattering our room, asking us to bring out gas, which we don't have. All our rooms, our doors, they break everything and started beating my husband. That is what happened. They beat him until they sent him out. They beat him to the station. It's not fair. We don't even know why they are doing that. Now one of our guys fainted. Whether he will uh, survive it or not, we don't. We are not. We, we are not in, in the picture. We don't know what has happened. Some of our members are not. They, they've taken them away. In fact, there is what we call uh, st- uh, lawlessness in this country. And the president and the minister of defence must be answerable to this because we Garo people, we are not just laymen like that. We are also human beings. We enjoy human rights, and we cannot allow our brothers and, and sisters to be, suffer this kind of humiliation. It is out of bounds. We must state it categorically that if this is what the MPP government want to bring to the people of Garu and the entire Kosak, then they should better back up because I know that for sure in Ghana here, if there's going to be anything that will bring about chaos in this country, it's going to be about some of these things and nothing else. What has happened? Garu here is a very peaceful area, peace-loving people, and we have enjoyed this peace for so many years now. We don't know what the military want and what they want to plant in Garu so that there will be insecurity for, for, for us here. Uh, in fact, we are highly disappointed in the act that... DCE and MP for the area have been speaking to the incident. He has not denied that the um, invasion of Garu was something which happened at the There's no denial. And so... Um, I take it that the military is responsible for the brutalities in Garu. I've seen the images and it's very disturbing. I mean, in this time and age, uh, that our military would visit such brutality on the people of Garu, definitely something must have provoked the military action. But there cannot be any justification for what we are seeing. I am reliably informed that some, there was some attack at the Garu police station. There was some shooting incident at the station. Now, if that is why the military moved in, kept the whole of Garu under siege, moved into people's homes, and tortured them, tortured them to pulp, I would say there can never be a justification for such conduct. Look, those who must have engaged in the shooting incident at the Garu police station or to be fished out and dealt with in accordance with law. So for the military to step in and then subject the youth of the town, the men, I mean, of Garu to this kind of treatment can never be justified. And I want to condemn the action of the military. Why? Because this is coming on the back of uh, a similar incident which happened in, uh, at Ashaman, which became the subject of a parliamentary probe. I thought that lessons would have been learned, but it appears that, I mean, we are not learning lessons at all, and these things keep recurring. I mean, it's 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 unfortunate. And, uh, I... Well, these are matters that ought to be investigated. At the moment, I, I cannot um, say for a fact 
that the operation was sanctioned by the high command or some soldiers were on a frolic of their own, which is why I ended my statement by um, indicating that we shall push for um, an investigation, mm. uh, particularly um, given the fact that this is coming on the back of a similar incident which occurred at Ashaman. As I speak, the committee's report on Ashaman is ready and will be debated by the House as soon as the House reconvenes. Inferences are strongly pointing to the attack on the, security, uh, the national security vehicle. Uh, I've not had categorical response from the military, though. Uh, but then, um, this morning, while we were there with them to speak with them to see with us, uh, inferences were, where were we when the boys were attacking the vehicle and all that? So there are strong inferences to the attack on the security uh, vehicle. Uh, but as it is now, um, our concern uh, was to quickly remedy the situation and then um, as quickly as possible convene as dissect and then fashion a way out of uh, this whole thing and then to ensure that we are not going to have this again. Uh -huh. So uh, as of now, the status quo is that uh, people are responding to treatment at the various uh, at the health facility in Garo, uh, we've had to uh, invoke the presence of the doctors and then uh, also more logistics to be able to take care of people who need the medical attention. And uh, we've also, um, uh, we also have it now that uh, the military have completely withdrawn from the constituency. They are not in the district anymore. They have gone back to camp. And so calmness is being restored. Today happens to be a Garu market day. Uh, I had to speak through the radio, the, the FM station in Garu to calm uh, the tension and the fears uh, around. Uh, and so the place is relatively calm. Uh, looking forward is that tomorrow morning, DISEC is convening. Uh, involving all the security operatives uh, within the district uh, to fashion a way forward and then to see, uh, to get our recommendations uh, forwarded to the uh, Regional Coordinating Council and then forward to, 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 to Accra and to Interior. From the minister who says investigations will be carried out to deal with the culprits. Uh, working very hard to ensure that Ghana remains very peaceful and that all persons who work for the security of this nation work to the best of their ability and are given the equipment that they need to be able to work. Specifically to the four people that you mentioned that uh, apparently some people misjudge them and try to apprehend them, they are in fact members of the national security apparatus and they were actually sent on official duty. They could have been mis there's been some, there was some miscommunication somewhere along the line and mistrust. It's one of the things that we are trying to resolve. Because there's some bit of mistrust in the general Boko area, people try to assume things that may not be right and maybe because they don't have the initial information may, may try to do things that may not be right. But we are concerned about that mistrust and we're taking steps to address them. So we are taking steps to address to ensure that Boko becomes very peaceful. We are taking steps to address the issue of general mistrust and we are taking steps to ensure that not just Boko but the entire northern uh, zone is relatively peaceful and safe. If there are people who are not members of security agencies who will let you know. Well, security analyst Adib Sani has been condemning the attack. He spoke earlier on the AM show. I think there is a bit of um, a gap, a disconnect between state security on one hand and the people on the other hand. And it is further... Um, exacerbated by the spate of misinformation and disinformation that is coming up from that area. Mm. Look, we have Facebook pages belonging to two, the two sides of the conflict where pictures of certain individuals are posted and threats made to the effect that we know who you are, we have your picture, 
and we are going to come after you. And Benjamin, believe it or not, such people are in the end killed. Okay? Um, in some cases, there are some individuals on the ground who are able to disseminate false information about the movements of certain persons they think are working closely with the other side. Okay? And within minutes, they are able to uh, galvanize people to engage in some of these acts of lawlessness. And I do agree with our the level of proliferation of small arms and light weapons, especially military-grade rifles, including AR-15s, M16s, AK-47 in the area, is quite worrying. In some cases, the weapons they hold, the civilians, is even more potent than that of the military. And there has been a consistent pattern. I'm not in any way, Benjamin, let me be clear about this. Away from the Garo attacks, NPP flag bearer hopeful Francis Adainimo is warning the NPP will struggle to break the aid if it does not take steps to fix the race, which he says has been skewed in favor of the Vice President Mahmoud Baumia. With barely five days for the more than 200,000 delegates of the NPP to elect a flag bearer for the 2024 elections, Francis Adainimo, who is running for the second time to lead the party, says the rhetoric of Kennedy Japan, his fellow contender, is concerning. Here are excerpts from the documentary focusing on the former Mampong MP. With just a few days for more than 200,000 delegates of the governing New Patriotic Party to crown a new person to lead it into the 2024 election, the race is heating up and the rhetoric is hitting a crescendo. One of the four out of the initial list of 10 party stalwarts who made it from the superdelegate conference is engineer Adainimo, who is seeking to lead the NPP for the second time after his first bid in 2014 failed. Welcome to the story of Adainimo, a man whose life is intricately woven with the fabric of Ghana itself. I'm a 58-year-old man. Uh... Precisely born on 23rd March 1965, and I come from a community under Mampon in Ashanti region called Nyinampon, just five kilometers away from Mampon, where both parents of mine they come from. So I'm an Ashanti by birth. Adanimo says he's a leader who solves problems, a trait he believes is essential for any visionary. This is what has inspired him to run to lead the NPP. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. 
Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Into 2024. I believe in problem solving. Or I'm a problem solver, but not a problem creator. In life, we must find solutions to issues. Don't deliberately attempt to create problems which shouldn't exist. Adanimo's message to delegates is clear, presenting himself as a fresh and unsullied candidate. Right now, there are four of us remaining in the race. In terms of age, I'm the youngest. I'm 58 years. The vice president is 60. Honorable Kenya Japan is about 63 or 64, one of them. Honorable Usofri Yakuto is over 70. In terms of age, I'm the youngest. However, in terms of the leadership race or flag bearership race, I'm the senior. This is my sec- first, second attempt. And the rest of the three, this is their first attempt. So if you are going by seniority, I should secure the, ma- the north. To lead the party with the experience and with the grassroots work that I have done in the party. He strongly believes the playing field has been skewed to favor Vice President Dr. Mahmoud Baumia. No, the playing field has not been leveled and it is admitted. It is an open secret because we have certain key party senior members who openly declare support for one particular candidate. I mean, if it is private declaration of support, fine. But in open declaration of support, MPs, they constitute themselves. We are a block from this part of the country. And we are urging all our people from that block of this part of the country to go into this direction. No, we don't do it that way. Then already the playing field is what is odd. It's not even intimidation of delegates, coercion of delegates. What we saw in the superdelegate elections of August 26th, where party executives may, at the regional level, we have some executives who are appointed, seven executives at the regional level who are appointed. And if there is a threat on you, that if you don't toe this line, you will lose your position as a regional officer. The determination in Adainimo's eyes as he aims for the highest office in the land is clear. He says he was taken aback by the decision of Alain Tremartin to leave the party, conceding it will greatly affect the chances of the party in 2024. The twists and turns of political competitions have always been unpredictable to Adainimo. He says the rhetoric of Kennedy in Japan will not help the party, urging him to campaign on issues as he has been doing over the last few months. The style of another candidate may be different, and I will leave it as such. But of course, if one makes pronouncements, and those pronouncements seem to be detrimental, to the good image of the party, to in promoting the unity amongst the party members, then they become, those pronouncements become matters of concern to all of us. And I believe, yes, they are matters of concern. Away from politics, let's now turn our attention to the Akosombo Dam's village. Well, the Jadel Foundation has gone to the aid of other affected areas aside Mepe. In an interview with the media, the program lead of Jadal's foundation, Ms. Davida Papu, indicated that the primary focus of Jadal's foundation donation lies in ensuring the menstrual hygiene of women and girls, providing access to portable drinking water, sanitation, and ample food supplies. These essentials, according to her, are vital for the health and well-being of the flood victims. 
Donation is based on the wash needs, that is water, sanitation and hygiene. So we are donating toiletries to all the households in the community. We are also donating buckets that with um, tablets, um, water purifying tablets that they can also use to get uh, possible water. For the girls and the women in the community, we are donating sanitary pads with toilet rolls as well. And then also we are donating food items to the whole household. So we hope that they will utilize all the uh, items judiciously. Now earlier, some of the flood victims complained of not receiving the much needed support and were not able to feed their families because of the hardship being endured due to the effects of the flooding. <laughs> Here I am hosting almost 20 households and in each household, people in one household is averagely, I can say six in each household. So when you want to take a creditor, meaning about five to six households are in one room. Those who are sleeping outside are not part of it. So today we pray to God. The army came for one intervention that they were putting up the tents so that some of Robert Justice Aye is the human resource manager for the Jadas Foundation. Because of the spillage that happened at the Kosovo Dam, we realized that we are supposed to do something. So the chairman of the group decided, what can't we do because people are giving out? So we saw a need, we said, no, it is important for us to also give some things. We also realized that even though people were advising us, why can't you take it to the king or the, is it the queen mother? We decided it is better for us to give it to the people one by one because I understand people were, you know, taking their things elsewhere. Ivy Satoji, Joy News, Mepe. Member of Parliament for the One West Constituency, Superintendent Peter Lanshintobu, has called for more empathy and support for the flood victims. He knows though the issue is a man-made one, and for that matter not about government, it is still incumbent on all to donate to the victims to ameliorate their plight. Member of Parliament for the One West Constituency, Superintendent Retired Peter Lanshintobu, in a brief remark, before he donated the 25 bags of maize, valued around 30,000 Ghana cities and a cash amount of 5,000 Ghana cities, urged Ghanaians not to put the responsibility of working to relieve the pain of the victims of the Akoso Modans village on the government by complementing its effort by helping with relief items to ameliorate their suffering. The chiefs of Wawes, members of the National Democratic Congress of Wawes, Brothers and sisters who all agree to contribute to support our brothers and sisters in the Volta region, I stand on behalf of the whole constituency to express my appreciation to say thank you very much. That is humanity. Ubuntu, you are because I am, and I am because you are. When the people of Volta region are in crisis, and you sit and think that it is not you, one day when it is your turn, there won't be anybody around to help you. I, standing on behalf of the people of Huawei, believe that today, as we present 25 bags, maxi bags of maize, and I'm going to add 5,000 Ghana cities to support my brothers and sisters in the Volta region. I am challenging everybody in this country, show some love. It's not just about government. It's about the fact that we are Ghanaians. And the Ghanaianness in that should show when a brother or sister is in need, it is agreeable that this is a man-made disaster, but it has come to say as a disaster. There is nothing we can do about that. All we have to do is to try to see what we can do to relieve them from the pain, from the misery, from the disaster. Superintendent retired Peter Lanjinatubu is at a loss as to why up to now no one has shown up and claimed responsibility over the incident. Dr. Kwame Nkrumah, blessed memory, 60 years ago constructed the biggest man-made lake in the world. Surprisingly, over 60 years down the line, 
we created a man-made disaster. And that is why it's very difficult for the government to call it a national or natural disaster, a national emergency. Because this is a planting. We spill the dam to prevent total collapse of the dam. Why it was not spilled incrementally to prevent this disaster is a question that remains unanswered. Why nobody is demonstrating responsibility by resigning to show that I have failed on my job, I slept on my job, is a question that remains unanswered. But as people of Wawes, whatever it is, the people of the Volta region are suffering. Our regional organizer of the NDC, Nulibahara Thomas, received the items on behalf of the Apple regional executives of the party for almost sending to the victims of the disaster. Reporting for the news, Rafik Salam. Wow. Manager of the Northern Electricity Distribution Company, Netco, John Tahiri, has justified the company's decision to cut power to some major health facilities in the area. Mr. John Tahiri, in an interview with Joy News, disclosed the exercise is solely for the survival of the company. And as Savit has more. The Northern Electricity Distribution Company in April this year embarked on its mass, uh, you know, revenue mobilization exercise. Uh, several institutions, including individuals who owe huge sums of uh, money, were, you know, visited, and um, you know, the company was able to retrieve uh, several thousands of Ghana cities that its customers owe them. Then, in fact, the exercise is still ongoing. As I speak to you, it is in its third phase. Uh, this time around, major health institutions or health facilities across the region have been, you know, uh, the targets because uh, most of them are owing huge sums uh, of money. So uh, this uh, morning, I'm here at the Tichiman area office of, uh, you know, Netco, engaging the area manager, Mr. John Tyree, mm. on what informed the, you know, company's decision to embark on this mass revenue mobilization exercise. The most recent health facility to have been affected is the Bullish Regional Cold Room under the Ghana Health Services. Mr. John Tyree tells me enough engagements were taken since April, but all attempts to get managers of the facility to make payments has proved futile despite the intervention of the Bullish Regional Minister along the line. It is not just about the regional cold room. We are doing revenue mobilization and we are using disconnection as our last card it is not pleasant we don't like it so further engagement went up to our father who is the regional minister he invited all stakeholders that we deliberated upon the way forward and he appealed to netco to restore supply to the kintampoku room and after that one we restore supply we also followed up with a disconnection notice and there was no response to any of them. You know, it was as if we were being called some kind of bluffs. So um, we took off the supply. Mr. John Tyree tells me that this exercise is not targeted at any individual or any individual institutions. Of course, um, it is for solely the sustenance or the survival of the Northern Electricity Distribution Company, which equally buys power and then sells it to its consumers. This revenue mobilization exercise is for netco survival. It is not just um, for profit or whatever. It is for survival. So if we are unable to mobilize the revenues that we sell power and mobilize the revenue from this power sales, we procure electricity, we don't generate. So if we are unable to collect the money from users and consumers, then it is not just sustainable. Netco cannot survive. Managers of Netco, however, believes that there is the need for a stakeholder engagement between affected consumers and Netco on the need to arrive at a lasting solution to the matter. Like I said, we all admit that there are challenges. And um, managers of health facility and I mean stakeholders, let me put it that way, stakeholders need to engage further. Because um, we have come to a stage where if we want to move forward, we must be engaging 
free trade area, which is set to eliminate trade barriers, boost intra-African trade, and achieve prosperity for all of Africa. It will all because uh, uh, by doing so, they will be able to minimize their bills and be able to, you know, pay for the amounts they are being owed. Uh, like I've, I have always said, um, energy conservation is a way of saving money and also a way of saving power for other users. So that will make room for us to extend power to places. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Well, they do not have power. So if you conserve energy, it is good. That will minimize uh, electricity bills and make it affordable. So this has been the developments here from the Tichman area office of the Northern Electricity Company. Reporting for joinings. My name is Anna Sabit. Back in the studio in Accra, my name is Aisha Ibrahim. According to a report, the new circular vision for electronics, time for a global reboot published by the UN in 2019, each year, approximately 50 million tons of electronic and electrical waste are produced, and out of that, only 20% is formally recycled. The report says if nothing is done about it, the amount of waste will be more than double by 2015 to 120 million tons annually. To tackle this, electro-recycling Ghana is urging all Ghanaians to join hands in the proper disposal of electronic waste in order to save the environment. There's more in this report. Some school children dismantling and reassembling electronic waste into useful products. This is part of efforts by the Electro Recycling Ghana, ERG, an electronic waste recycling company to enhance environmental sustainability as part of the 2023 German Day celebration in Ghana. According to researchers, the e-waste problem could expand into a global health crisis, largely affecting urban areas if not addressed. To help deal with this concern in Ghana, ARG is embarking on a mission to reutilize most of the electronic waste that find their way into Ghana. The general manager of ERG, Kweku Adai, says this must be a concern for every Ghanaian. The U.S. contains chemicals, 26 materials. We normally find them in the oceans, along the, the river bodies, and we drink them. And in fact, we are bringing toxic materials into our body. And that is jeopardizing our futures. We can die, we can get sicknesses that cannot be healed, and we don't have the money. So the time has come for everyone in Ghana to join the crusade. Mobilize all the discarded materials, discarded electronic and electrical materials in your houses, in your homes, along the streets, in the communities for proper dismantling, proper repair, proper repair person hmm, so that we can leave Ghana the way we want it to be. Joining us is Sasari Donko has been adjudged the GJA, PAV, and Sun Journalist of the Year. Erastus elaborates documentaries on the devastating effects of illegal mining, popularly known as Kalamse, stood tall among all the entries filed. Joy News and Multimedia Journalists won up to eight awards on the night. There's more in this news desk report. The 27 Ghana Journalist Association Awards was dedicated to celebrating journalists who produced exceptional reports in the year 2022. Joy News' Erastus Asaradonko, who was adjudged the GJA, PAV and Sun Journalist of the Year, shares her excitement. I have with me here the GJA Journalist of the Year from our very own office, Erastus Asaradonko. Please tell us how it feels to be awarded this evening. Well, um, it's been a long journey. 
we started way back in 2002. We've uh, gone through thick and thin. Uh, I started following illegal mining in 2014. And it's been ups and downs, and I think Jehovah has glorified his name. He has been faithful. So it signifies that hard work pays. I know very well that if you have our own currency working very well, uh, the, 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 the economic mind of the United States and other Western people could be undermined. So uh, it, it has, the, the use of the dollar, as we all know, significantly dictating the pace of our economy, the direction of the economy, and even the performance of our local currency. How would this... Right, please tell us about the documentary that won you this award. What won us this award, and uh, the challenges are plenty. Um, in fact, we had to challenge ourselves because previously we were following a government task force to go and monitor what is happening on the field with regards to illegal mining and its devastation. At a point in time, we felt that we needed to do an independent job, go on the field on our own. And gauging the security, meeting people with guns and all that in the bushes, um, it was a daunting task. But we needed to do it to prick the conscience of government to prick the conscience of those who do it and to also tell the public that these are the effects of it and we need to fight it together. Chairperson of the Electoral Commission, Mrs. Jean Mesa, urged journalists to be custodians of truth and engage in objective criticisms as the country approaches the 2024 elections. I urge you to stay the course that these great things have placed even as we approach the 2024 election. This is more important than ever. For ladies and gentlemen, recent years have raised concerns regarding the role of the media. Several media platforms, which we have been used as spaces for informed public debate, have been turned into vehicles for propaganda and sometimes sheer falsehood. We see the result in the deepening polarization of our media country across party lines. Citizens no longer see things through the eyes of right and wrong. Indeed, this is a worrying trend, to put it mildly. And so as we go to the polls in December 2024, it is important that you bear in mind that media freedom, while sacrosanct, does not equate to freedom to pursue. You should rise up and take up your roles as custodians of the truth. Information Minister Kojo Pon and Kuma condemned attacks on journalists, adding that the trend is worrying. Colleagues, tonight, as we take pride in celebrating the positives, permit me to raise some three issues confronting journalism and media practice in Ghana at the moment. First is the attacks on journalists. The phenomena of attacks and intimidation of journalists and media houses is sadly not decreasing. Indeed, at the Ministry of Information, our data suggests that it's getting worse. It is a disheartening trend, becoming a darkening blot on our democratic credentials as a country. Journalists should not have to fear for their safety while doing their jobs. Journalism is a noble and important service to our nation. It is not a crime. Joy Business's Emma Davis was awarded the Business and Economic Journalist of the Year. I have with me Emma Davis from our business department here. You won Business and Economic Journalist of the Year. How does it feel? Feels great. Feels uh, nice to know that you are being appreciated or recognized for all the efforts you make and the stories you put out there. I mean, journalism is about telling stories, about you know, um, making sure you, 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 you make an impact. And the story I used to win the award was about youth in our Greek. And I mean, uh, the Greek sector is a sector that has a lot of potential, provided the youth, they are ready to get their hands dirty. The investigative journalist of the year and female journalist of the year went to join news's Francesca Encho. It's overwhelming. Like when I heard of the best female journalist of the year, I was in total shock because these were the same awards I won last year. And so to be able to win the same awards this year is an overwhelming feeling. Knowing that um, when it comes to reporting in Ghana, I've been the best female 
journalist for two years in a row is, is, is just inspiring. I feel so blessed. Okay, so what do you have to tell ladies who are afraid to go into the investigative space? Because we know this space is mainly dominated by men. What do you have for young ladies who look up to you? Okay, you know, what I can say to the young ladies is there are different forms of investigative journalism. You don't really need to be an undercover journalist to be an investigative journalist. It is just a matter of we focusing more on doing in-depth reporting. And so anybody at all can do investigative journalism. Joy Prime's Emmanuel Jivianu won the Best Disability Reporter Award. Well, I'm excited to have won this award. This is my first award I have picked up since entering into journalism. So I'm very much excited to have won this award. It tells us that hard work pays. When you put in hard work into everything you do, you reap the benefits. This is a story we told about a four-year-old boy who has been abandoned by the mother and the father took care or took, took the race to take care of, of him. So this is a story that was so, so dear to our hearts and we are grateful to God that it has won us this award. Joy FM's news file won the best English radio program while the GGA Komla Dumont Most Promising Journalist of the Year Award went to Nita Krisabiana Paskram of the Multimedia Group. Congratulations to all the awardees. We're so proud of you. Let's get on to the National Science and Maths Quiz. Three schools, nine contestants, two proud regions. It is only a few hours to the climax of this year's National Science and Maths Quiz as undisputed champions Prasek Lagon square up with Opokowari School and Achimota School. But many are asking whether it will be a repeat or a revenge. Prasek Lagon having the past toppled the two schools to clinch the ultimate prize at the grand finale while Achimota School is seeking to end the reign of the city rivals. The Pukwari school is yet to figure out how to require the seconds after they missed the trophy to the Odadies in four final clashes. Emmanuel Brightkweku brings us a wrap of the journey of the three schools. After a long and nail-biting journey from the regional qualifications to the national tournament, three schools are set to battle it out for the coveted trophy. Two-time champions at Chimoto School and Apokowari School will face off seven-time champions Presbyterian Boys Secondary School. Their journeys to the grand finale has been arduous. <laughs> Coming all the way from the regional qualification to the grand finale at Chimoto School showcased their metal at every stage of the competition. The school last qualified to the finals in 2009 but lost the trophy to Presec Legon. But with unbroken determination, the Achimotans left no stone unturned. After the contest, Achimotans is going to be in prison because we are going to murder Presec and Owas. They are going to murder Presec and Owas. Simple. We are living like what we are still No matter what, we will win. No matter what, we will win. You don't see any threat ahead. You don't see anybody. Like, we are coming. We are coming to a force. You see the energy. The energy. It's been 21 years since they last lifted the trophy. Opokuwari School, after missing the trophy in 2020, landed their ninth final appearance after ousting their all-time foe, Pampa College, and Pope John SHS and Minor Seminary. The Akatechees are hungry and ready to devour any school to clinch their third trophy. My boys are prepared. I know that we are going to murder all of them. We are going to kill them. We are going to kill them. We don't know Who is Who is school. Opoku are school. 2023. We are winning. We are winning. Who is Pesek? You take their trophy from their hometown and bring it to Asante region. Fantastic. Form 1. And he's already lasting the Form 3. So I've stayed it for three years. We are just trying to say that one year in Opoku school is worth more than three years in Fremped and Fresek and Co. Yes. We want to tell them that there is a Latin phrase which states, cum da grafa, da grafa. So what is written? What is written? 
It's a that we are bringing the trophy to It's between two schools. And I want to tell them that Asimota Presec, they will play and they will become second, pre-second. Asimota, they will be arrows. This is that school. I want them to go. With their mantra, our northern gold is faithful and great. Seven-time champions, Presec Legon is anticipating their eighth trophy. The school since their painful exit in 2018 has proven to be an invincible force, securing their seats at the grand finale for five consecutive years. The defending champions began their journey at the 1-8 stage, eliminating Konongo Dumase and Kumasi Wesley Girls. Proceeding to the quarterfinal stage, the school met their all-time city rivals, Accra Academy, and Ghana Secondary Technical School. In a fierce strive to yet again repeat history, the boys withstood the heat from the Kwabuchi boys to topple them and qualified to the grand finale. The Odadias are optimistic of a back-to-back win. I trust in Pate Dote and Selina now because this contest is something easy. We can do it. Because it's easy crowd. Yeah, we can do it because it's one-sided. It's everyday presec. Presec, presec. And the schools we are meeting, I don't see them to be competitive. So we can we are going back to do our homework. We are going back to work hard because it's not over. We are taking the eighth trophy. Eight is written. And we believe in a great God. And we know that our God is faithful. And so we are taking the eighth trophy. But time can only tell if victory, the Trinity, or a great God will be the winning mantra for the year. For Joy News, my name is Emmanuel Brightquicker. We'll take a break on journeys. That's when we'll return. We're live in Achimoto School to check the uh, atmosphere as they head towards the grand finale. Stay with me. share of the 14.4 million prize money. Catch all the games streaming at www.aflafrica and on FIFA Plus. The African Football League, our game, our home. Now let's shine together. to plate. Do you really know what you're eating? Any glitch in the circuit of the food chain can change the price and size of what you eat. Technology has totally changed the face of farming. But how is Ghana plugging in? Join Emma Davis and Prince Apia on the food chain as they project startups in the agri sector, highlights the gains and plight of industry players, while engaging the experts for more insights in agri-related issues. Food chain, everything agriculture and more, as during the Joy Business Report every Thursday at 1 p.m. on Joy FM and every Saturday at 6 p.m. on the Joy News Channel with a repeat on Tuesdays at 2.30 p.m.
Hi, welcome to Business. My name is Daryl Kwao. The National Insurance Commission has indicated its commitment to improving the coverage of insurance through the development of InsurTech products through its InnoLab InsurTech Accelerator Program. The move, which is a collaboration with FSD Africa and GIZ Ghana, will see the development of digital insurance products aimed at ensuring inclusive insurance through the creation of digital labs and sandboxes. Yes, more in this report. The InnoLab InsurTech Accelerator Program is a collaboration with the National Insurance Commission, FSD Africa, and GIZ Ghana to create a robust InsurTech sector in Ghana. The collaboration will see the development of digital innovations in the insurance service delivery through sandboxing and digital labs, which will allow indigenous tech startups to showcase their innovations. Acting Commissioner of the National Insurance Commission, Michael Andor, describes the aim of the project. We agreed to do what we call the InnoLab. This is a lab, you know, it's a lab basically to bring ideas together, um, people who have ideas, take them through some process, help them to refine their ideas. We mentioned a sandbox, sandbox, but if you read the Insurance Act, you will not find any sandbox in it. What you would find is this innovative insurance license. But it is a sandbox system. A sandbox is where you test. It's an area, a restricted area, where you test something and see whether it will work before you take it to the market. And so that is exactly the opportunity that InnoLab gave us. On building capacity of insurance players and regulation, this is what Michael Ando had to say. The other thing we get from the InnoLab is the capacity building. You know, tech and innovation keeps developing. And um, as we are embracing innovation, we are getting, we are calling for things that we, we don't know much about. And so it is important that we as regulators get to build capacity, build the capacity of our staff, so that as they develop these things, we will be thinking about what is the best way of regulating these. You see, the regulation in, in, the, in the digital world um, tends to be different from, from the paper regulation. You need to think through what could go wrong and have some mechanisms around it to, to mitigate it. Principal Innovation and Resilience at FSD Africa, Elias Omondi, stated that the move will improve the rate of inclusivity in the insurance sector. We came up with uh, a proposal uh, which was humbly accepted by the National Insurance Commissioner uh, to look at avenues in which we could encourage innovators uh, to develop solutions that would basically at the end of the day improve inclusion. With that then uh, we started a program and this particular program was called InnoLab, uh, InsurTech Accelerator Program that looks into ways in which you invite innovators uh, within an ecosystem uh, to develop solutions at the same time come up with avenues that they can really create a strategic partners to drive the growth of insurance in Ghana. All right, Member of Parliament for the Northern Constituents in the Volta region, Samuel Okujeto-Blakwa, has lauded Unilever Ghana PLC for showing care to the victims of the flood caused by the Akosombo Dam spillage. He says the company has been with the people through thick and thin over the years and has been compassionate during the flood disaster. Mr. Okujeto-Blakwa disclosed this uh, to Joy Business when Unilever Ghana PLC donated a truck of relief items to the victims. Tama correspondent Kwame Anka has more. North Town District is considered the West Head District following the spillage of the Akosombo Dam. 69 communities in the district have been affected by the flood, displacing over 12,000 people, with a third currently being held at a number of safe havens in the area, including Mefe St. Kizito Senior High Technical School. Beyond the efforts of government, corporate bodies, organizations, and individuals are lending a helping hand to ensure life continues for the people in districts. In line with this, Unilever Ghana PLC has donated relief items including soups, water tanks, water purifiers, anapuna salt, pepsodent and close-up toothpaste, branded t-shirts, among other items, to the victims. 
receiving the truckload of items, Member of Parliament for North Thong constituency, Samuel Okujeto Ablakwa, together with other officials, thanked Unilever Ghana PLC for their support. Really massive. I mean, a whole truckload of assorted items of water. And this has been the most, you know, impressive uh, packaging of water that uh, will go a long way to help our people. You know water is cut and... Um, it's been really difficult to have access to portable water. The river levels rose so high and uh, entered into all kinds of areas that are unwholesome. So the, the river uh, water, which our people use to cook, to drink, to bathe, wash, and all of that, is no longer safe. It's no longer uh, wholesome. And so this will really go a long way to keep our people healthy and keep them uh, alive. So on behalf of the entire uh, district, uh, on behalf of the chiefs, on behalf of our DC, on behalf of NADMO, on behalf of the coordinated uh, response team, we say a big thank you to Unilever. We will always remember you. We are grateful. God richly bless you. Communications and Sustainability Manager of Unilever Ghana PLC, Henry Malm says the donation is towards the general well-being, health, hygiene and confidence of the victims. At this time when people are burdened by damage that has been caused by the spillage, people have lost livelihoods, no, where to sleep and all that. And this is a time when disease can easily break, break out. So, All right, and that's it for the segment. Handing over to you, Aisha. Thank you very much, Daryl Kwao. Let's get straight to Achimota, where my colleague Michael Ashali is there picking the atmosphere in the school as they present themselves for the grand finale of the National Science and Maths Quiz. Papani, what can you report from the Achimota school? Hello, Aisha. So... Because quite a lot is happening here at, at Shimota, but they are doing the most important reason for which they are in school in the first place, which is to study. So at the moment, every single student here in the Shimota school is in classroom. However, we are expecting this auditorium that is expected to seat more than 1,000 students today. Um, every single student is expected to be here right after class ends at 12 30. But before that even, a lot of preparations are going on. So just outside here, I mean, you may not see it. Some people are trying to trim the bushes. The students have come to already arrange the sitting area. We're starting an order of importance. Uh, teachers will sit in front, and then students will go to the back. That's a big LED screen that has also been put up here uh, so that every student here, this is a big watch party, and it's been a while. The last time Achimota was in the final was in 2009. So since then, they haven't been there before. So this sort of frenzy, this sort of expectation, this sort of anticipation, and again, the anxiety, they have not gone through it in more than 10 years. However, this year, uh, students from Achimota expect and they hope that they will beat um, Opokuwari School and then that of Presek Legon. Um, Talking about these two schools, Aisha, maybe I want to run you through their, their history, what has happened over the years. Um, if you take Opokuwari, Achimota and Opokuwari has never met before in any finals before, certainly in the National Science and Maths. So at the finals, Achimota has gone to the finals four times, the last of which was in 2009, and unfortunately they lost that to Presec. But Achimota is not a small school when it comes to the National Science and Maths Quiz. They are arguably the most successful non-single-sex school in the contest. They are the only sing uh, mixed school to have won, and they have won twice. That was in 1998 and then in 2004. Unfortunately, two other times they were in the finals, they met Presec, and Presec beat them and won. So they are hoping to rewrite history today, especially because... A few months ago this year, Presec also managed, met them at the regional championship. And unfortunately, again, they lost that out to Presec. So this year, they're hoping Aisha to rewrite their history and again also firm up their, uh, their name in the National Science and Maths Quiz as the only single school 
two have won before. And that is Papani Ashali at 2 p.m. on the Joy News Channel. The grand finale is on. Remember, uh, it's 1 p.m. The build-up starts from 1 p.m. And it's between um, Opokawari, Achimota, and the great Legon Persec. And the question is, will Legon uh, do their thing again? Or this time around, we will be going to another school. You need to stick on this channel for all the sites and sounds. My name is Aisha Ibrahim. See you again at 12.